this has been our missions uh, focus, impact missions focus over the last two Sundays. Today's the third Sunday. We had guests with us uh, those first two Sundays, and you heard some awesome stories of what God is doing in other places, other parts of the world. And then that invitation to, to respond in both um, in support and prayer and also in finance. And so I just want to encourage you, uh, even as we move through the sermon this morning, I'm going to share some more details about how uh, Essence Place lives out our, our mission and our purpose here, both locally and globally. But I want you to be in that attitude of listening of like, God, what do you have for me? One of the things that you could think about here as we, we start into the sermon this morning is just this question. What is your ministry? What is your ministry? It's a simple question, right? And as you think about it, um, I, I you know give you a moment to kind of collect your thoughts. What is your ministry? Depending on your background and, and what you, you think of church and, and um, how you've experienced church and church community, um, and you think about how you answer this question, um, it, it, it may look different for different people, that idea of what is your ministry. Maybe the automatic thing that comes to your mind is um, volunteering in church. My ministry is I, you know, I love to, to play an instrument, and that's my ministry. Or my ministry is that um, I love to, to serve by you know, helping others and cooking a meal and, and help care that way. Or maybe my ministry is um, helping you know, teach kids about Jesus. And, and while those are all perfectly valid and wonderful ministry opportunities within the church, there's a deeper and a broader sense of ministry and ministry calling that, that God wants us to, to think about and challenges us in this morning where we begin to think about our ministry as really the daily activity of our life. What is, what is my ministry is really the question, what has God gifted you in? Where has God placed you? Who are the people that God has entrusted into your, your sphere of influence? You know, so often we have this temptation to compartmentalize our lives into kind of the work life, Right? home life, maybe friend life, and then, you know, church life, spiritual life. But what have you heard so many times here at Essence Place that God invites us to be whole people, to be complete and all the parts integrated? And so this morning, when we begin to think about this idea of ministry or being on mission, we're real, we need to realize that it's not just about the activity that we do within the church walls, that we do, you know, the activity of, of serving that we do within the community of faith. And that's important, and that's an important expression of ourselves, of what God's doing in us. But there's an understanding about this idea of our mi mission and our ministry, our expression of God's work in us, that's so much broader and so much deeper. And really, we're asking ourselves, how am I on mission with God? How am I on mission with God? And we see throughout the scriptures that God is continually at work in the world. We know this, you know, from the, the beginning, from the creation narrative, through the tangible work of Jesus, to even the, you know, the apocalyptic end times book of Revelation, we see that God is at work. God's continually at work. And, and we see in the creation narrative that God's at work and then has moments of rest and then God continues to work. And we learn rhythms of, of working, of doing and resting. But the reality is that we have to move to a place where we can trust that the relentless heart of God is to be experienced in tangible and intangible ways. That as God is working, what God is doing is saying, there's very real tangible ways that I'm at work in your life, but there's also intangible ways that God is at work. Scripture tells us that God never grows weary or tired, that God is continually working. And that, in one sense, is really exciting because it reminds us that we don't hold it all together, that it doesn't all rest on us. 
And at the same time is, and this is what's so neat about, especially about um, the Christian experience of faith and following Christ Jesus, is that there is an invitation to join God on mission, to be on mission with God, and that we can come to a place where, you know, when we call on God, we know that God's presence is here and is near, and, and that God will respond and God will give care to us. But at the same time, we came through that sermon series of looking at the invitation of God, and one of those invitations is for God to, to join God on God's mission. God says, come with me. Let's, let's do this together. Let's work together. Let's become co-laborers, workers together in God's world. And so, it, again, it becomes really exciting because we realize that God is actively working to restore and renew all things and that we're invited into that. There's the part that God does by God, God's power and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then at the same time, God says, there's a part of my work that I want to do through you. And I want to do it through you. And as I do it through you, people are going to experience me. How exciting is that? And so as we've heard the last couple of Sundays, missionary speaking, you know, we hear, we hear these stories about the work that they're doing and the assignment they have somewhere in the world that's different than, than here or maybe even home where they grew up. And we go, wow, that's incredible. And a lot of times what follows behind that is what? I can never do that. <laughs> I'm glad God asked them and not me, right? And we have these moments of going, wow, I'm overwhelmed by the scope of their assignment, of their task. But what we can realize in that process, if, if we hold on to that thought and we don't really think about what is happening in us, we can actually disconnect ourselves from the mission of God that God has for us to join in right here, right now. And realize that in that, as we're invited into God's work, it may look different over time. There's seasons where what God is doing in us and through us and what God's mission is for us that looks this way and happens in this space, at this assignment, with this uh, group of people, at this job, and it's getting expressed in one way. And then God begins to stir up things in our hearts. God begins to plant seeds in our heart that as it grows, we start realizing, oh God, you're, you're at work everywhere and there's something new that you're desiring to do in me. We've seen some of that even here at Essence Places. We've had new vocalists join us on, on the team here or new people joining in and serving in different areas of the church. And, and we continue to invite that because it's places to explore creatively in fun ways with God of going, I just want to serve you. And I want to use the gifts that you've given me to be on mission with you. And so what's so neat about this, and this is, this is where um, the challenge for us comes, is we don't have to create the mission. We don't have to create the ministry. We don't have to create the assignment or the task, but we get to discover it with God. It's God's. And so as we, as we walk, as we journey with God, part of what we start to see is that God's continually at work. You've heard me say that. And God is inviting us in. And so then in that place, we then have the discovery of God saying, I'm going to give you an assignment. I'm going to give you something to do on mission with me. I'm going to commission you for my purpose to do this to be this, to be present with these people, to love these people. And as we live that out, we then experience, again, the fruit of God working through us. That idea of, of, of being commissioned, of being sent, um, it's probably familiar verses if you look at Matthew 28. It's one of those commissionings that, that Jesus gives his followers. And, and we realize that all along the way, you know, Jesus, he comes, he's, he's born, we're moving into um, very near to the Advent season. And in that we see that, you know, Jesus is born. He's born with purpose. 
He's born with, you know, an assignment and understanding of um, being the son of God and being here and purposed and on mission. And then he begins to gather people around him. He invites them into his assignment. And as he's doing it, Jesus starts to train and he starts to develop. At times he corrects their, their wrong thinking and he redirects them in new paths. Jesus champions his, his disciples, his followers, as they see God doing amazing things through them. And he, he celebrates what they're doing. And then as he begins to come to the end of his earthly ministry, he comes to the moment where he commissions them, that great commission that's in Matthew 28. And, and what happens is that moment and that, that assigning that Jesus gives his followers, it's like a rock dropped into a pond that then the ripples begin to go out. And we're still one of those ripples coming out of that great commissioning, that great assigning that God, uh, that Jesus did for his followers. Look at it with me again, Matthew 28. These may be familiar words, but Jesus came and he told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The idea, I am with you always and forevermore. So we see in this moment, Jesus being the son of God, like he had the authority to assign this responsibility to his followers, to give, to give, to give the empowerment for the work of God's mission. He says, go and make disciples. He's saying, you know, teach people how to follow my way. What I've taught you, go teach them, baptizing them initiate them into this work in the same way. Help them to understand the path that, that they should walk on. You know, he, he says, teach them to obey. He says, teach them what I taught you. Not teach them your way, your preference, right? But he says, you're on mission with me, so go and teach them the things that I have taught you. Stay true to that. And then he gives the reassurance, I'm with you always, period. I am with you always. So when we think about this idea of what is my ministry, <laughs> We realize that the, the ministry, the scope of what God desires to do through us is that we are on mission with God. We've been commissioned with God. Even that word, to be commissioned, to be commissioning, is, it comes from uh, the Latin word that, that means to be entrusted with something, to, to make a commitment to something. So it's like to, to be commissioned is to say, you know, there is this task, this assignment, and I am commissioning you. I'm entrusting you with it. Sometimes artists are commissioned to create a, a, a certain type of artwork or to write a song or to paint a mural. That is a commissioning because they've been assigned with a task, not on their own. They're not creating of their own idea, but they've been commissioned into an assignment. A lot of times, even moving into the, the military in certain positions, there's a commissioning of an assignment, a work to go and do, to serve. And so in this idea of being commissioned, what it is, is it's a recognition that we have a dependency on someone who is greater. There's a greater work that's meant to be happening. There's a greater mission that's already at work. And we have been commissioned in that from Christ Jesus to walk in that. And so what I want us to think about this morning, and this is a spot where you can, you can take some notes, is, is um, the kind of the bottom line key point, you're going to hear me say it many times, is that every person is in full-time ministry for Christ Jesus. Every person is in full-time ministry for Christ Jesus. Not just the missionaries that go and serve in another country. Not just the, the ones who have the, the role and the assignment of pastor. 
not just those who, who would serve in some, you know, religious sense, in some, you know, religious organization, but there is a full-time ministry assignment for Christ Jesus that every one of us have been given. And so today, the challenge is to listen to the Holy Spirit and allow that to broaden our hearts, to broaden our minds and our thinking, to, to see a shift in our perspective and our worldview, and to understand that what we set our hands to every day is a moment to be on mission with Christ Jesus. We have been commissioned. And so when we think about it, like the church um, has a responsibility to commission every believer with the authority of Christ Jesus to, to walk through your daily life, both at work and at home and in every activity, to be on mission with Christ Jesus. And, and as we do that, we, we realize that as the church grows, um, it's not just about filling a room. It's not just about, you know, numbers and quantity, but it's actually about realizing that within this space, within this community of faith, it's meant to be a, a readying ground, a training place, a launch pad, so that you are, are strengthened and empowered by the Holy Spirit, that you understand and you know who God is and what Jesus desires to do through you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and then you get launch padded out into whatever it is that is the, the unique path that God has for you, but realizing that you are joining God on God's mission. Let's think about this um, this morning, and I want to give you just a, a, a few um, places of how we are meant to be on mission with God. To be on mission with God, it means that we all have work to do, and, it's, and it is, it's, it's ongoing, and it happens both individually, but it also happens, it happens corporately on behalf of others. And so as we look through these this morning, you know, I want to give us just some key concepts that will help us shift our way of thinking, and then seeing how God desires for us to respond to be on mission with God. Number one, you can write this down. Number one, every person is a minister. Every person is a minister. Look at Ephesians chapter four, verse number 11. Paul writes this to the church in Ephesus. Now these are the gifts Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. But their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. We have to realize that every person is a minister, that we've every single one of us have been given a divine task, a divine assignment. And so in this, there's, we, we've been given this responsibility to minister, to pastor those who are around us to care for them. If we look back at the scriptures and we look at the root of that word pastor or what we sometimes use as minister, it really comes from the idea of shepherding. What is shepherding? Shepherding is caregiving. A shepherd was one who would care for a flock, who would, who would understand the needs within the flock, whether you know sheep goes, whatever, would, would see how they're doing and know their health and be able to respond and give care and be a caregiver. And so we have to realize that this... Um, <laughs> In our, in our day, in our culture, we've taken the concept of this and we've sort of stolen it from the collective body of Christ. And we said, well, let's just assign this activity and this work to a few individuals who will vocationally serve in this way with a role or a title, um, sometimes even getting a paycheck and it becoming the work of pastoring. That's what I do. 
And we've, we've taken this and we've pulled it into a select few. And then what's happened is we miss out on the fact that this idea of every person is a minister, every person has an opportunity to pastor, every person has an opportunity to shepherd. We've sort of stolen that from the body of Christ. And we said, well, just a few people are going to do this. And everybody else will just be a recipient of what overflows. But if you look at the scriptures, you actually see, even through the book of Acts in the early church, that they were pastoring one another. They were shepherding one another. They were caregiving one another. It's this idea that in the one another sense, one to another, we've all been given the responsibility to be caregivers, to to have that Christ-like activity of choosing to possess a caring responsibility for one another. It's not just the few that have a role or a title, but it's understanding each one of us has a part to play to be a minister, and that that flows out into our everyday life. Look at the scriptures. Throughout the, the, the New Testament, there's over a hundred times that, that that phrase, one another, is used, that sense of belonging to one another. Um, it's used over a hundred times in 94 verses, and we see that 47 of those times is actually instructions to the church on how they should relate and care for one another. of them come directly from Paul and through Paul's writing. And so when you look at these verses, you see that there's some common themes in this one another sense, this this idea of ministering and caring for one another, of pastoring one another, that, that start to rise up. One of those is unity. Another is love, and another is humility. Listen to these verses, and, and I wasn't going to try to make them keep up with all of them on ProPresenter and, and try to put them all on the screen because I'm going to go through them quickly. But look at this, unity. One-third of these one-another commandments deals with unity in the church. Mark 9, be at peace with one another. John 6, don't grumble among one another. Romans 12 and Romans 15, be of the same mind, be in unity with one another. Romans 15, again, accept one another. Don't boast or challenge or envy one another. That's Galatians 5. Gently, patiently tolerate one another. Ephesians 4. Be kind and tenderhearted and forgiving one another. Ephesians 4, again. Bear with and forgive one another. Colossians 3. Seek the good for one another and don't repay evil with evil. 1 Thessalonians 5, 15. Don't complain against one another. That's James 4 and James 5. Confess sins to one another. James 5. In the area of love, there's another third of those instructions, those one another instructions that's focused on love. Love one another. And there's so many times that it's throughout the scriptures, John 13, John 15, Romans 13, 1 Thessalonians 3, 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 Peter. I could go on and on and on. The commandment to love one another. Through love, serve one another, Galatians 5. Tolerate one another in love, Ephesians 4. Greet one another with a kiss of love, 1 Peter We're going to let that one come into a modern context of how you kiss one another and greet one another in love. But still, in kindness and love, embrace one another. Be devoted to one another in love, Romans 12. And then another stresses humility, an attitude of humility and and deference of, of preference for the other. Give preference to one another in honor, Romans chapter 12. Regard one another as more important than yourselves, Philippians 2. Serve one another, Galatians 5. Don't be haughtier or arrogant. Be of the same mind, Romans 12. Submit to one another, Ephesians 5. Clothe yourselves in humility toward one another, 1 Peter 5. And then there's so many more. Don't judge one another. Don't put a stumbling block in another's way, Romans 14. Bear one another's burdens, Galatians 6. Speak truth to one another, Ephesians 4. Don't lie to one another, Colossians 3. Encourage and build one another up, 1 Thessalonians 5. Challenge one another toward love and good deeds, Hebrews chapter 10. 
Pray for one another, James chapter 5. Be hospitable to one another, 1 Peter 4. And when we look at these, and the list goes on and on and on. That wasn't 100 yet. There's so many more. We start to build an understanding of what it means that every one of us are intended to give care to one another, to pastor one another, to shepherd one another, to minister to one another. It's to be like Christ. So again, if we build this faulty thinking in our mind that this idea of of ministry or ministering or pastoring is only for a select few that have some high, special, unique calling, then what we do is we lose out on the fact that all of us have a part to play and how we link arms with one another, how we give care to one another and build each other up. Every person is a minister. And when we look at this, we start to evaluate our own lives and we say, am I on mission with Jesus? In the one another sense, am I living this out? Do I live with the attitude and the mindset of of ministering to one another, of giving care to one another? And the truth is, we fall short. We do. (laughs) I do. Pastor Brad, I fall short. There's many of these, even as I read through it, I go, well, I tried. I don't get it right. I miss an opportunity. I get caught up in myself and my own needs and wants and frustrations and hurriedness. And I realize, "Mm, how well have I truly ministered to another? I was recently challenged by by somebody that is an influence to me, especially in the season that I'm in right now, of just asking myself, how can I be like Christ for this person? Not to them, but it was a situation. I was talking about something that happened. And the challenge came to me was just, they looked at me and said, how can you be like Christ to this person? And I went, ah. Because you know when we had the bracelets, what would Jesus do? (laughs) Right? You remember that? It's really cool. WWJD, right? But then you have to live that out. And when you start to put flesh on that, it becomes really challenging. And so I encourage you, even this week, as as we head toward Thanksgiving, you're going to have interactions at work, at school, at home, maybe with loved ones you don't see that often. And you're going to be challenged. Hopefully these words ring back through your mind. How can I be like Christ for this person? It's very easy to love people who are loving us, who are expressing kindness to us, right? Who are meeting our needs. It's very easy to be loving. But how do we love those? How do we express that one another sense to people who don't think the way we think, who don't act the way we act, who don't believe what we believe, who maybe don't dress, look, <laughs> come from where we come from? Like, you, you know all, all the phrases you can put in there. Like, we have been challenged that every single one of us is a minister. And so today, I look at you and say, you are a minister. You have been called to pastor people. You have been called to shepherd people. You have been called to love like Christ. So take up that part of God's mission and walk in that. Even in our imperfections, we can work to embody Christ for others in moments of crisis and struggle and difficulty and in moments of joy. Let's do it. Let's be on mission with God. Secondly, every person is a missionary. Every person is a missionary. So every person is a minister. We've got that assignment, that role, but every person is a missionary. What does that word missionary mean? Missionary, a person who is on mission, a sent one. Sometimes in the scriptures, it's, it's translated as, as like an apostle, one who has been given a, a message and an assignment, and then they go on mission with God. Every single person. Go back to that, that great commission in Matthew 28. Jesus says, I have, Jesus says that I have been given all authority in heaven on earth. 
He has all the authority. And then what does he do? He looks at his, his followers and he says, I'm giving you an assignment. I'm putting you on mission. You are a missionary for me. And he says, therefore, go. Go. We've heard recently from those that have gone and they've gone to challenging places. We've heard from, from missionaries that live in communities where the presence of Christ is, is so minimal that they, are, they, are, they, they kind of stick out like a sore thumb wherever they go. But for you, you walk in a world and a culture where you have been assigned by Jesus in the same way to go, to be on mission. And the mission to go is to make disciples, to make disciples and see them baptized, come to faith. This is the assignment. And what it does is it starts to extend our thinking beyond those that, again, are working vocationally in the role as missionary, who raise support and they go, they go live in another culture, in another context. But we start to look at ourselves and realize that we have a divine assignment wherever we go. We have been sent. At the point that we come to a place of saying, Christ Jesus, I'm following you, we are now on mission. You are a missionary. I love this quote from Dr. John Perkins, incredible leader, pastor. But look at what he says. He says, the problem is that there is a gaping hole in our gospel. We have preached a gospel that leaves us believing that we can be reconciled to God, but not reconciled to our Christian brothers and sisters who don't look like us. Brothers and sisters with whom we are, in fact, one blood. Dr. Perkins has done so much work in the area of, of reconciliation, of um, community restoration. And, and so when he, he writes this and as he challenges this, he's challenging those who have counted themselves as, as being, oh, I, I embrace the full gospel of what Christ Jesus is saying. And, and I'm living out, I am a Christian. But yet he's challenging and saying, there are those in your life, in your sphere of influence, in your community, for which you have cut yourself off in relationship. Specific to what he's talking about is in the area of race. And so when we look at ourselves as being on mission with God, we have to realize that there is a place for us to acknowledge our shortcomings. There is a place for us to acknowledge where we have hurt others, to, to, to see and understand that we have biases, and then to allow the Holy Spirit to convict us and transform us so that when we step into places of being on mission for God, the message isn't confused. It isn't, it isn't coming with, with um, some authority or, or some you know, bias that then actually does harm to what is intended to be communicated. Missionaries going into other contexts and other cultures, they have to work through this continually. Especially for those that are, that are white missionaries stepping into other places in the world where there is that you know, white savior, messiah complex of come in and I'm coming in to save the world. They have to work through this challenge. Well, guess what? We have to work through it in the same way within our own context, with where we live, with where we work, to come to a place of understanding, of humility, and allowing ourselves to realize the areas where we cause harm and we don't even recognize it. I admit and acknowledge for myself as a pastor who is white, who is pastoring a church that is diverse, 
that there are areas and ways that I bring my own perspective, my own bias that doesn't always fit the experience of everyone who is part of our church. And I ask God continually, help me to understand. Help me to speak clearly in a way that communicates your heart. God, humble me and allow me to admit when I, when I overstep when I misunderstand, when, I, when my own place of authority is misused, and God, please convict my heart and help me to admit and acknowledge that I'm wrong. To be on mission with God means that we can't get the mission of God confused with our own desires, wants, and purposes. It means that when we enter into spaces, we enter into spaces in a place like, like Scripture talks about in, in um, Philippians, 4, or Philippians 2, where, where um, Paul talks of Christ Jesus, who said, even though he had all authority, he didn't see it as something to hold on to, but he actually released it and surrendered it, and he came under. That we're challenged to prefer the other over ourselves. And so when I look at how we operate in the world, we realize that we must come to a place of surrendering our own will, our own desire to God's mission, be on mission with God. Here at Essence Place over the the last year, you have supported missions work that's happening both here locally, but also globally around the world. And I celebrate it. I shared with you um, over the last couple of weeks, but over the last year, given specifically to, to missions projects. And what I define as missions projects is basically any outside giving that Essence Place gives to that doesn't, it doesn't benefit us. It doesn't come back to, to help us. If we do an outreach event and people then start coming to Essence Place, that's not missions. That's us building up the church here. But missions is what we give away from here to help benefit the work of God in other places. And over the last year, you gave over $4,000 to missions. That is incredible for the, the age and the size of where Essence Place is. Yes, we can clap and give, give God thanks for that because it's done through you. It's amazing. We have so many missionaries and projects that were supported. We um, gave a, a large portion of that money toward um, church planting projects, helping churches across the, the country that are getting started through a fund that we receive funds from to start Essence Place. And so we give back into that so that more churches can get started. Um, we helped support the Hands on Hartford Food Pantry, and we did um, a food drive. And then there was also funds that were given to be able to support those that um, experience food insecurity in our community. We gave um, funds to New Community Incorporated. This is a, a church that has also started a nonprofit community development corporation in Newton, Massachusetts, pastored by a friend of mine, Devlin and Katie Scott. And they are doing some incredible work in Newton where they are creating a community center that is um, focused on, again, it's not about building a church or a church name, but it's about serving those that um, are, are in places where they have needs that need to be met. And so they're challenging themselves, how do we do that? And they've started a nonprofit community development corporation. We have uh, missionaries that are around the world. Some of them, we can't even say their full name and where they're serving, but we get to support them in prayer and in finance. Um, we have Zach and Amanda that are in India. We have Gil and Lindsay Banton that are missionaries on the campus at UConn Chi Alpha um, Campus Ministry. And so they're at UConn at stores helping minister to, to college students and especially in those transitional places of coming from home and then going to, to be on campus and helping them walk out and live out their faith and come to experience um, the saving knowledge of Christ Jesus. We have Michael and Polly who are missionaries in Bolivia, Josh and Vanessa that are um, ministering through Live Dead in, in the Middle East. We have Chris and Cindy who are in Eastern Africa, and we have Anthony and Ashley who um, are, are ministering as well in um, the Live Dead organization. And then there are other individual missionaries that we've given to as there's been different projects along the way. And then one of the great things is as we have a chance to respond and begin to, to recognize that we are on mission with God, that we are missionaries, and we're going to 
to take all that we are and we're going to be on mission with God. We're going to begin to give, um, still giving to these missionaries, but we're going to take on some new missionaries. I have a missionary that has... Um, wanting to partner with Essence Place that um, is looking to, to serve women and children in Thailand in an area that um, is the, the red light district of serving women and, and children that are in compromised places of going in, caring for them, caring for their physical needs, and then also spiritual, emotional needs. Um, I have a missionary that um, is doing church planting work in Europe. We have another missionary that um, we can't say where the assignment is, but it's in a challenging place that um, they are, are looking to, to continue uh, the scene, the gospel go forward in another part of the world where um, the name of Jesus is not spoken often. And so as you think about what God's speaking to you, there is missions work that God has for you to do that you need to live out in your daily life. But then there is the joining together that when we say we are supporting the work of missions, that we're joining with those missionaries who are serving vocationally through prayer and through finance, that we see that the growth of God's kingdom happening all around the world. And so we stop and we say, thank you, God, for what you have done and what you're doing. And then God, open our hearts for what you desire to do through us. I want to take just a moment, especially as I've read through this list, and I want us to pray for these missionaries and for what God is going to speak to us as a church, and then we'll wrap up our sermon with the, the last point. Will you join me in prayer? God, I thank you that you have formed a church here, Essence Place, that has a heart to be on mission with you. God, I also thank you that um, there are countless people who have taken up um, the, the call that has come out from Christ Jesus to live their whole lives on mission with you and said, I will go anywhere you send me, Jesus. We've met some of those people recently and then through the missionaries that we've just read through that are people that are living out of maybe their most comfortable context that they could live in, but they're living in a place where they're experiencing the wonderful fruit of what it means to know you and be on mission with you. God, for each of these missionaries that we are partnered with from this list that we've read and the new missionaries that we're looking to begin supporting, I pray, God, that you continue to empower them for the work that you have called them to do. God, that you would strengthen them, body, soul, and spirit. We pray, God, that you would just continue to meet every need they have. And God, would you do it through us, your church, to be able to give of our prayers and of our finances. I pray, God, that you would um, help them as they, they minister to people who maybe don't even fully understand who you are or the idea of who Jesus is and maybe have never read a Bible. I pray, Lord, that by the presence of that missionary, that they would have an opportunity to share about the amazing, wonderful love that you have for them and that it would begin to transform hearts and lives. God, for all the work that they have done and invested, we pray, Lord, that you continue to let fruit grow. God, that the, the seeds that have been planted, may they go deep and then begin to be harvested for you. God, in all of this, we pray, God, that you would help your church be on mission with you, and we commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we realize that, again, to be on mission with God is to, to say that as a missionary, I am a sent one. I have been given a task and an assignment through that great commission. And so as we partner with others and our resources, it's a way for us to see multiplication happen around this world. And so we just say through both our efforts and our finances, they're just tools that God uses to accomplish God's purpose to see that mission go forward. And we get to be a part of that amazing journey. But here's the third point for us this morning. And I think Honestly, it's probably the most foundational and the most important one. Every person is a child of God. So we said every person is a minister, every person is a missionary, but most importantly, before any of the work comes the understanding that every person is a child of God. We must be empowered from the place of knowing our belonging as a child of God. 
our greatest and probably um, quite possibly the only place for us to derive our sense of purpose, worth, and direction comes from possessing our rightful place as God's child. To be on mission with God means that we know the heart of God for, for us, for, for us individually, for us collectively, and then to also know the heart of God for others. And the only way that we can experience and know the heart of God is to come to a place of being with God, of accepting that rightful place of belonging as a child of God. This is the place where transformation happens, and it happens at the urging and the leading of the Holy Spirit. It happens in us. Where that, that scriptural idea of being made new really is the idea of renewal. It's, it's, it's we're being renewed and restored by the work of the Holy Spirit. That we're being returned to our rightful place and purpose and belonging in the family of God. So then what happens is this radical shift away from kind of the self-possessed, grandiose sense of like, I'm just making my own way out in the world, that we come to a place of dependency on the Holy Spirit. We come to that place of dependency on the Holy Spirit and we recognize, I want to be on God's mission. And that, that we're partnered together on the journey with our other brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. That we're not out on our own. It's not just me and Jesus out trying to change the world. But it's realizing that we are interdependent on one another. And that healthy sense of belonging to one another as the body of Christ. And in that place of, of accepting and knowing our place of belonging as a child of God, it's a place of, of growing and maturing in faith. If we jump back into Ephesians 4 that we read the first part earlier where, you know, Paul says that, you know, everyone is, is to be, you know, empowered for the work of ministry. If you read a few verses later in Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 14, Paul then says, we will no longer, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We will no longer be immature. We will be growing in faith. We know that we're rightfully children of God, and God as our Heavenly Father is inviting us into a place of maturing and growing. So when we're out and on mission with God and we're, we're trying to, you know, to minister and, and think about like, okay, how do, I, how do I be like Christ for this person? We're not doing it from a place of, of self-initiated purpose. But we come from a place of knowing that we're growing in every way more and more like Christ. And so then what do we get to do? We get to be our true self, who God intended for us to be. The false layers that we've, we've put on ourselves, we start to, to tear those away and we can just be fully present with others. And we can recognize what it means to love others because we know that we're fully loved. To be on mission with God, as a missionary with God, to be sent on purpose with God, it doesn't mean that we're out just kind of aimlessly trying to figure out, well, well God, what do you want me to do? How, how do I have a ministry? Like maybe I should just wait until I have enough money in the bank and then I can, then I can have a ministry to, to minister to people. Or, or maybe I can be on mission with you once I get retired and I'm retired and I have less things to do. Then I can be really like a missionary and a sent one because I'm just too busy right now. But instead we come back to verses like this in Ephesians where we realize the work of maturing and growing actually helps us be in unity with the body of Christ. 
so that, that, that the whole body is in unity with one another and each part has its special work. And so then we don't have to look at comparison of who is doing what and say, well, they're greater than me or, or I'm better than them. But we actually come to a place of just belonging in the family because I'm a child. You're a child. We're children of God together. And so then we don't have to be in competition and we don't have to be in comparison, but we can humbly come together and say, God, would you work in me? God, would you use me for your purposes, surrendered and saying yes to the Lord? I love this quote from Sister Joan Chitster. She says this, no one grows by doing what someone else forces us to do. We begin to grow when we finally want to grow. All the rigid fathers and demanding mothers and disapproving teachers in the world cannot make up for our own decision to become what we can by doing what we must. We must experience this shift in our hearts and our lives of saying, God, your mission isn't just for a select few. To be on mission with you means that I'm actively engaged in what you're doing. I'm not a spectator to what you're doing, God. I'm not not sitting back and just being a consumer and just receiving from the overflow of others, but God, I'm going to get on mission with you. God, I'm gonna pick up what you have given me in resources and abilities, and whether it feels like a lot or a little, I'm going to be on mission with you. I'm gonna make the determination in my heart to respond to your Holy Spirit and say yes. Not from, from some outside influence, oh, because the Bible told me so, because Pastor Brad preached it, but from an internal motivation, God, as you speak to me, my heart is yes. My attitude is yes. I say yes to you, God. God, help me to be a good steward with what you've entrusted me with. God, with all that I am, I want you to use me in my time, in my ability, in my resources, spiritually, in my prayers, and my caring for one another. God, allow me to step into that place of belonging as a child of God, and then help me to be on mission with you. So here's what I want to invite you to do. Can you put up that, that last slide that has the, the um, web link on it for the online giving? Or not online giving, but the online faith commitment. I want you right now, probably almost everybody has a phone. <laughs> and if you don't have a phone, you can write it down and visit it later. But I want you to visit this page, even if you're not going to enter anything into it. But I want you to take a look at it and read through it. Because this is a spot, it has some some explanation of what we mean when we say a a faith promise or faith commitment. But essentially, a faith promise is just a way of systematically supporting missions efforts, both locally and globally. So here at Essence Place, what we do in support of missions work and missionaries happens because you give. You give, and you give through the church, and then we're enabled to support the missionaries. That list of missionaries that I read off of, if you've given to Essence Place missions in the past, you've helped support those missionaries. If you've never given to missions, now's a great time to start. And you are going to be able to partner with Essence Place in um, what God is asking us to do in support of other missionaries that we'd like to take on. Here's one of the things that's really important about this. Anything that Essence Place receives toward missions that gets designated as impact missions giving, the only thing that that is ever spent on is toward missionaries. It doesn't help keep the lights on, it doesn't go to pay for, you know, printed materials, copy paper. It's not my paycheck. It's nothing. It's designated specifically to support missionaries. So every dollar that comes in goes back out to church planters, to people, you know, working in inner city situations around this globe, people working in intercultural settings around this globe. 
And so as we give out of that missions fund, you are partnering with those missionaries. And then we'll give you updates through the year um, about the missionaries and the different work that they're doing. I already have a couple of those missionaries that um, would like Essence Place to begin supporting them financially. They're ready to come and meet you. And I said, we're going into, you know, the end of our missions impact, and then we're going into the holidays. So in the first part of next year, why don't we find a Sunday for you to come and meet the church? And so I would love when they come for them to meet people who are beginning to support their missions work. So as you visit this page, you can fill that out. And then what we do is that gets turned around to you as a, um, a faith commitment where then you can get regular updates every time you give, especially if you give, um, actually, no, every time, whether it's online or in person with a, a check or cash, um, is it's, if it's designated for missions, then you see your, your commitment amount begin to increase, that percentage go up. One of the things I love as I look back over our missions giving this last year is individuals who made a commitment to give um, to missions in the last year, every single one of those people exceeded the amount they were hoping to give to missions over a year. So they set a goal with Jesus, and they said, I'm going to give this much over the next year, and every single one of them exceeded it. And I would love for, for those that um, were giving, if I could call them out and like put them on the spot for them to tell the story, because I'm sure there's moments of faith of just trusting God and saying, no, I know what you've asked us to do, and I'm going to continue this work and giving this way. So you've had an opportunity to do that. Um, if you're not ready right now or you need to talk with your, you know, your spouse or whoever, like you can do that, and then you can um, fill that out. That webpage is available all the time, and so you can come back to it. Um, later on, whether that's later today or even this week. And then um, as we get the updates of what's been pledged, then we can share the amount of how much we're looking to give to our missions over the next year and um, to be able to see those missionaries supported. So here's what I'd like to do. I just want us to come into a place of response um, and just prayerful response of listening to the Lord. You know, there's, there's one aspect where, you know, again, the the financial commitment and, and giving of our finances. That's one aspect of all of this. But really what God has been speaking to us today and, and that I've challenged us with from scripture is the understanding that it's really, it's our whole life, right? Not just funds in the bank. It's our whole life. So as soon as you stand up from your seat and you begin to interact with another person, you have an opportunity to be on mission with God. And then every moment that comes after that is realizing that I am on mission with God. I am going to be a minister as I step into this space, as I interact with this person, as I'm dreading this conversation, I'm gonna be Christ's presence for another person. So I wanna pray for you this morning. I wanna pray for you and ask yourself this, in what ways does, does this truth of like every person engaged in, in, in ministry, in full-time ministry, like how does that challenge you? What areas of your life does it challenge you? And in what ways does it encourage you of realizing it's God's intention and it's the work of the Holy Spirit with you? Let's pray together now. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our church. God, I thank you for what you are doing around this world. And I thank you, God, that you do all of that through us. God, as we've looked at your word this morning, I realize that you have, have called us into a depth of relationship with you that is really built on dependence on you and your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that as we head into this week and, and in coming weeks, that you would let this message come back to our mind. Lord, help us, by the power of the Holy Spirit, help us to evaluate our motivation and our hearts. God, as we interact with others, are we interacting in a way as, as one who is a minister, a caregiver, a pastor to others? 
God, would you challenge us to live out some of those one another's that you challenged your church with, whether it's in love or, or, or truth telling, maybe it's in confession of wrong, forgiveness, of loving wholeheartedly without bias or pretense. God, would you help us to minister and love others in that same way? God, would you help us to clearly understand your mission and our role to play in it? God, as we, as we step in, um, in faith to join you on mission, Lord, would you help make our path clear? Lord, help us to, to not feel a heavy burden that weighs us down, but a burden of responsibility that comes from knowing that it's your mission that we're joining in. And what a great responsibility it is. What a great opportunity it is. And then God, I pray for each one hearing this message this morning, that they would come to a place of more fully and deeply embracing their belonging to you as a child of God. Lord, of realizing that all of our doing for you, whatever that activity is, that it flows first from a place of just being with you. God, I pray that you would continue by your Holy Spirit to draw us near, close to your heart, God, that you would continue to restore our identity and our understanding of who we are, that you would help us just peel away the layers of, of pretense and, and that old self and, and continue to become the new self that you have called us to be in Christ Jesus, that true self that can, that, that can then more authentically just be present with others, to be that representative of you no matter where we are. And God, as we've prayed for our missionaries and those that are doing your work both locally and globally, I pray, God, that you would challenge our hearts to take a step of faith in our resources. God, that you would in increase our faith in a way that allows us to give and give freely, not from an attitude of, of obligation or, or fear of scarcity of this, just not enough. But God, would you help us to, to steward what you have given us well and to entrust that um, into your kingdom and God, that it would multiply your efforts all around this world. God, we thank you that you give care to others through us. And so we say, yes, Lord. God, as we pray this, we pray it in faith in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen.